You're listening to the Roundup Podcast. I'm Connor Thomas. On this episode, I interview seniors Reed Allison and Sean T. Han of Jesuits Political Society, and then resident Roundup foodies Will Fines and Jacob Toda are here to talk about their favorite restaurants and upcoming video series. It's the week of October 9th. So thank you guys for sitting down with me to talk about the Political Society. Um, Reed and Sean T. Han are with me, Reed Allison and Sean T. Han. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So um, just to start out here, when did you guys join the Political Society? Uh, so the Political Society, it started last year by two seniors, Vincent Billings and uh, Clay Walters. And so uh, I knew Clay and I joined somewhere uh i think during first semester right around the starting of the club because uh kind of like any club it kind of starts off slowly and then starts building attraction yeah uh i i learned about it through clay and rory because he was in it and then i same deal i joined at the start and then like i didn't go for a bunch of meetings and then right as the election started heated up i uh i came in and that was a good time and uh when did you um or why did you join Actually, well, I think for both of us, you know, we've got an interest in politics, and it's it's a fun thing to talk about, and there's really nowhere at Jesuit you can do that. Yeah, it's, it's a great forum for discussion yeah. that uh, is not really provided elsewhere, because uh, it's just, I mean, because all it is is just us sitting around talking, basically, for the whole period. Yeah. Yeah, when was that started? So how long has the political society been a thing at Jesuit? Just, this is the second year. Uh, Clay and Vince started it, because I think they, they looked around. I think like a lot of people have prior to that and said, this is a thing that you know affects all of us and that a lot of us are interested in, and we have nowhere to talk about it. And so they said, they went to Mr. Ash and said, you know, how can we do this? And he helped him out. So it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah they're both politically minded guys. And I think Henry, uh, not Henry, uh, Clay right now is uh, studying uh, political science at Fordham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is political science an interest of yours? Uh, yes, that's what I'm uh, planning on studying. Plan on going that and going to law school, hmm. that kind of route. And do you know? Do you know your read? No, no. Uh, <laughs> pass on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but see, so are you guys are you guys like the presidents of the club right now, or do you guys have like a formal? We prefer dictator. dictator. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you like. Yeah, it's me, weed, and a uh, trip cave. Yeah. Are the three uh, head honchos. Oh, and if you like could explain exactly what goes on in the meetings, so how, how is it sort of structured? Well, when it's not everyone like screaming at each other inaudibly, um, we, you know, it's pretty open to discussion. We usually come up with a PowerPoint and we've got five or six issues people can pick from. And if they don't want to do that one, you know, if we don't have something up that's pressing or something just happened that morning, then we can talk about that. So we pick it, um, we might give a short introduction to the issue just in case there are people that don't know a lot about it and then we just open it up for discussion yeah the interesting thing about the powerpoint is uh so we have uh, a slide of like current event issues and stuff but it's just with the like 24 hours news cycle and everything that's happens it's just you you can't you can't update yeah, it, it fast tough. enough yeah like we'll we'll put one thing up and then it's obsolete you know yeah no, do, do you, you set everyone screaming at each other sometimes. Now, does it mean <laughs> civil all no, the not, time? Not really. No, it, it, no it's pretty it's, civil. It's civil. Yeah. Um, like the worst case scenario is we'll have like a main conversation and then 
a side conversation branching off. Yeah. Is it hard to control? Do you guys find that? Um, it really depends on what we're discussing, I think. Yeah, because there's definitely some topics that are more passionate for people than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, uh, this week I've been talking a lot about guns. And so, uh, yeah, some people feel more strongly and want to interject, <laughs> more, lightly, yeah. <laughs> interject more than others. Yeah, I guess it's like the nature of the club will attract like the, the really passionate people, I guess, mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of politics. Do you think there's a diversity of opinions at, on the club, though? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, last year it was cool because we had, I mean, gosh, I'm like on the one end, uh, you've got people that are like, yeah, you know, communism's pretty cool. Let me explain <laughs> why I like that, you know. And on the other end, you've got like Rory, who's like, we don't need government. We don't need roads. We can just have an anarcho society and it's going to be great, you know. So that's really cool. Um, and then really anywhere in between. This year, we're still building it up, but same deal. We've got very far left, very far right, anywhere in between, any weird name you can think of. <laughs> and Mr. Ash is your moderator, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, do you know why Vincent Clay chose him last year? Oh, I think they chose him because, um, especially in a club like this, we uh, kind of wanted to be more student-oriented. Student mm-hmm. And uh, so really the moderator's just in there because... We need to have the moderator, and what Mr. Ash does really well is uh, he doesn't really interject a lot. He likes listening to us talk. He likes hearing our opinions and stuff, because very easily uh, the club could turn into like a, a vehicle for someone to, I don't know, push a certain agenda or something, yeah. but Mr. Ash is very good at like staying out of it and letting us kind of run the show and uh, uh, lead the discussions. And more importantly, when he interjects, it's always to some end. It's not, you know oh my gosh, you can't think that it's, well, here's what you're saying, and how can we continue that, and how does that apply, which is really cool. Yeah, like last year, when I uh, started the, uh, started first coming, I didn't even realize he was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, but yeah, anytime he does interject, it's just like, to kind of spark the conversation more with a couple questions. So yeah, he does a, he does a fantastic job. Yeah. yeah. So, so he lets the students moderate it. Do you guys have, is it like that, where you, a, a student will pose a question, and two, two students will debate, or is it more open, do you think? Um, a little both. Yeah, I think it really depends on what people want to do. I, I personally love to pose questions or hear someone say something and then say, well, how does that apply here? And how does that compare to what you just said? Um, because I think that lets them like pan out their own logic a little more. But yeah, we can have it where you know somebody says, I think this, you think that, let's go. So Yeah, it can be kind of... Uh, chaotic uh, structure of ideas because uh, like yesterday when we started talking about guns within the first like three minutes even though it was all under the same branch of guns it was like we immediately hit like background checks and like gun shows and bump stocks and automatic and this this and that yeah. so it's like we'll be we'll be arguing a lot of different things back and forth and you guys have been trying to get more teachers involved I think right because I know Reed it's we're experimenting I think we're we're cautious with it, because like Sean said, um, I think it's a cool idea, and I think Sean disagrees with me a little bit, which is totally cool, but the absolutely imperative thing is a teacher, I'm open to the idea, and I think some of the other people involved are as well, but we have to be very cautious that if they come in, they are coming in not as, you know, we had Mr. Patterson come in the other day, um, but Mr. Patterson can't come in as Mr. Patterson, English teacher, authority, he has to come in as Chris Patterson, you know. Uh, so if they come in, they can't say, you can't think that, you know, you're not allowed to do that. I'm a teacher. You're not blah, blah, blah. They have to be able to go on a student level, which is a lot to ask, you know, and if they can't do that, totally fine. 
or they can sit and listen quietly, which is great as well. Yeah, I know judgment makes it a goal to make, especially like social studies classes, pretty un, politically unbiased. So mm-hmm. I guess in Mr. Theory, Ash, yeah. yeah, Mr. Ash is doing a great job of that. Is not coming in as Mr. Ash, the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you think um, how the beginning of the year has gone well? How many meetings have you had so far? So we started off. We met uh, on Wednesdays, and now we have two meetings open. Wednesday during sixth period in B one one five. And Thursday during fifth period for B one one three. No, it's yeah B one one three. It's B one eleven on Wednesdays though. Ash's room. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's on the other side. Yeah. B one whatever. B one always always B one eleven on Wednesdays during sixth period. Uh, B one thirteen Thursdays fifth period. Yeah. So we and we have the we like the two separate days because last year was only one day because uh, sixth period more juniors and uh, fifth period on Thursday for more uh, sophomores and then. Uh, kind of all the seniors, yeah, which can, is really cool. Whichever day what they works, works for them. All coming to both. I mean, mm-hmm. we both go through both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how the meeting's been good so far? Do you, do you like the turnout? Yeah, it's been good. I I was afraid either that we were going to have, like, you know, everybody thinks the same thing. And, like, for the first meeting, we were a little bit like, afraid of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but after that, we have a diversity of opinions. People are being civil. People are being inquisitive and they're not doing the thing that I absolutely hate um, which is where they talk and then somebody else talks and the entire time they're talking they're just sitting not like thinking about their what they're saying but what am I gonna say next what am I gonna say next which like that's what the club is not about you know mm-hmm. yeah discussion has been uh, very good mm-hmm. um, and yeah uh, the first time it was kind of it was kind of the definition of an echo chamber <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah since then we've gotten a We've gotten definitely a lot more uh, separated out on the political spectrum. And if we need to, we'll have, like, I don't know, someone switch over and argue at devil's advocate as, like, a fun exercise or have something. Have to? I think it's for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's all I have. So thank you guys for getting up early and, you know, sitting down with me to talk. Um, any closing remarks about it? Um, you want to invite people to come? Yeah, I think uh, we want everybody to join. Yeah, we, we like uh, people all over the political spectrum to spark discussion. And we meet Wednesday during 6th in B111, and Thursday during 5th in B113. Yeah, and if you can't meet then and you want to be involved, or you don't know anything you know, about politics and you want to learn more, uh, just email us, Reed Allison and uh, Sean Tehan. Yeah. Give us a little message or something. No political prior knowledge needed. Uh, there's a lot of people that go in there just to kind of hear the discussions and learn. Yeah. I saw, uh, I think Sean had like this really snazzy political society t-shirt. Where can I get me one of those? <laughs> Once we get a consistent uh, consistent uh, group of guys coming to all the meetings and stuff, we'll, we'll be making a second batch of t-shirts. But they're very cool. They have a little fuck mm-hmm. it. And, uh, totally frat. Yeah. Totally Hi, I'm Will Fines. And uh, I'm Jacob Toda. And uh, we're talking about food today. Yes, food indeed. Uh, so Jacob and I are both foodies, lovers of food, that is. Um, Very much. Jacob, what, what, kind of food, what kind of food are you most interested in? Well, for me, it's always been barbecue. Um, like for me, I, I kind of got started in barbecue a couple years ago when me and my dad went on a kind of a food pilgrimage down to Austin. We visited a bunch of places, but um, 
barbecue is the one that stood out to me, uh, mainly Franklin barbecue. And that was the first time that I'd ever had like real authentic Central Texas barbecue, and that blew me away. So that's that same summer, I uh, I bought a smoker you know for my backyard, and I've been kind of into it ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, uh, it's more. I guess my favorite type of food is Vietnamese food, but um, I really love um, Chinese food as well, Viet, uh, Korean food. Um, sushi is a big favorite of mine. Um, and so I've, I've traveled with, I haven't traveled, but I've gone across Dallas um, and to some of the best places like that um, and tried a bunch of different food. And I guess we're going to be talking about our favorite restaurants today uh, and giving you all a little bit about that. So um, I'm, I'm kind of curious just to know why exactly do you like Vietnamese food or like I mean, kind of Asian is a kind of a big blanket statement. I don't know if that's really PC or not, but... Yeah, I, don't, um, I I mean when I say Asian food, I guess, I guess you can't say the Asian food is your favorite type of food. That that's a huge um, blanket. But I guess for me, it's like Indian, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, all those I love. Um, which is weird. I guess for me, I got started on that. My my mom introduced me to sushi, um, and then one of my best friends uh, is Vietnamese. And uh, he introduced me to Vietnamese, and honestly, I just love trying new food in general. I think it's such a, a wholesome experience. Definitely. What I like to do, a lot of the time in my spare time, if I'm kind of maybe out in a new part of like the DFW area that I haven't been to before, I'll, go, I'll pull up Yelp and say, like, okay, what's good near me? And I really, really love patronizing small business because, I mean, we see, um, as much as I hate to say it, we see too many of the McDonald's and the Whataburgers and the Wendy's and the you know, Pizza Huts and all that kind of stuff. I think that, um, especially for these kind of uh, mom-and-pop type places, they need all the help that they can get, it, in some cases. I know there are others that are very, very successful, but I think it's especially now in our changing economy that we need to patronize small business. Absolutely. And I think what i found a lot of times, those small businesses are, that's where you can find the best food. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I guess we'll get into like our favorite restaurants now. Um, I'm going to start by talking about a place called Mr. Walk. It's um, it's a Chinese place and it's in it's located in Plano. Um, and what's interesting about the location is that it used to be a Taco Bell, I believe. Mm. And so uh, they've turned it into this Chinese restaurant. It's always packed. Um, there's not that much seating, so it's you gotta res- get a reservation. And if you go, I you have to you have to reserve a Peking duck. It is. Mm. It is a magical experience, let me tell you. They bring out, they bring out the duck. They carve it in front of you. Um, you get some buns. You get some, you get some green onions. A little bit of, of sauce. You wrap it all together uh, into one of the best dining experiences I've ever had. It's a two-course meal, so the duck and the and the buns are the first course, and after that they bring out um, either duck soup or some duck stir fry. I always go with the stir fry to each his own. Um, and it is truly a magical experience. I'll definitely have to try it out sometime. For sure. Now for me, um, I, I really love all barbecue, although I do know that for me, I consider myself very much a barbecue enthusiast and critic. And so I can kind of tell somewhat subtle differences between so- how somebody makes their brisket or how they, you know, package their sausage or different things like that. But um, locally, my favorite barbecue place um, kind of started this summer. 
And uh, Texas Monthly, every four years, puts out a list of the top 50 barbecue places. And I found their list this summer. I just kind of stumbled into it. And I realized that the number three barbecue in the state, according to Texas Monthly, is right here in Dallas. Actually, like two miles away from Jesuit. And that's Cadillac Barbecue. This is um, off of Gamma Road, I believe. And this is Cadillac, C-A-T-T-L-E-A-C-K, not like the car. Um, because Todd David is the pit master there, and he's been going strong, I believe, since 2011 or 2012, where they started off as mainly doing catering, but I think more recently is when they started to open up to the public. And it's interesting because um, Cadillac is actually in somewhat of an office park, not the typical place for, for barbecue, which really is usually steeped in Texas tradition and culture. But um, I will say that they have probably some of the best brisket uh, in the state of Texas, and um, I'm a member of their email group, and it's really interesting because um, every week they'll send out emails about new specials, new offers. Sometimes they do whole hog events, which is where they actually roast an entire pig op- over, like, coals for 20-something hours. That sounds awesome. And um, usually usually if you get there on a Thursday or Friday, maybe about an hour before they open, the wait's not too long. They usually they, um, they calculate how much food they need every day, and so it's not like they sell out too much. Saturdays are definitely a little bit tougher, but I've been, I think, five times now in the last month, or maybe two months, but it's it's definitely some of the best food in Dallas. Yeah, um, and yeah, you've told me a little bit about that, and I think it's really, it's really, um, sounds like quite an experience, especially because you have that kind of, like, exclusivity factor where it's only open three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right, it only, only open... Um, Thursdays, Fridays, and the first Saturday of every month just for lunch. And so I forgot to mention that. Very, very exclusive hours. Yeah. Um, So I guess I'll move on to my next restaurant, which is called Bistro B. Um, And this is a a Vietnamese bistro, uh, and it's out in uh, Lake Highlands. Um, And so it's a little bit of a trek, but it's definitely worth it. Um, It's really... Uh, it's in a really uh, nice location. There's a Asian supermarket uh, right next door. Um, it's in a nice supermarket. Uh, it's in a nice sort of uh, shopping center. Yeah. And and you walk in and it's I mean it's a bistro. Right? It's very open. It's very there's lots of um, ambient light and that kind of thing. And then they get the menu and their menu. I kid you not has I mean over 300 options on it. It's, Jeez. It's um. It is a sight to behold, and when I go there, my personal favorite thing is the banh mi, uh, which is a, a Vietnamese sandwich, uh, and this, this sandwich uh, is heavily influenced by um, the French colonization of Vietnam. Mm. It's, a, it's on a baguette roll, and they, there's a bunch of different options. I go with the pork. They get some veggies in there. It's really, really, really good. Um, and really everything there's good the the wait staff is very friendly um and it's a good good atmosphere good environment good food now for me i know that uh, we're, we're trying to talk more about restaurants but i do want to kind of diverge a little bit yeah um you know for anyone who's not really maybe as knowledgeable about whether it be specifically barbecue or other foods of other cultures um there is this one absolutely fantastic documentary on netflix it, it's currently on there um this documentary came out in 2017, and it's titled Barbecue. And so what they do is that they actually go to about 
12 different countries, you know, South Africa, Japan, Australia, Mongolia, Sweden. They go to the U.S., they go to Mexico. They go all over the world, and they look at um, other cultures' methods of well, cooking meat over an open flame, which, you know, by definition is barbecue. And um, they talk about some of the nuances that each culture holds and what that culture really holds dear to them. And I think it's um, a really, really interesting documentary. And it's a, it's a great way to kind of learn more, not just about barbecue, like methods and cooking across the world, but other cultures as well. And um, the other thing too, is that for me, I can, I can talk for hours and hours about barbecue because there are so many different places, you know, not just in the state of Texas, but all over the U.S. and all over the, the world as well. But one of the things that I'm extremely excited about is, um, like I was talking earlier about with Texas Monthly, I believe they do this every year. They have something down in Austin called Barbecue Fest, which is where they invite 30 of the top 50 um, people or barbecue joints that they ranked um, in that year down to Austin, and they provide free samples to the people who go there and it's it is a spectacular show of meat. Yeah, the tic- <laughs> tickets tickets are um, a little pricey though. I believe they were for general admission. It's eighty five dollars. Well, yeah, that's including tax. But but you got to think about thirty restaurants, best barbecue in Texas. You know, you got to take all that into account. Of course. Yeah, and it's a great way for like for me. I I'm kind of a barbecue hunter, and yet you know, with Texas Monthly, they have a competition going on which ends in 2020, so there's still plenty of time to get involved, um, that if you go to all 50 of these barbecue joints, you can collect stickers from them. And right. if, you, if you get all 50 stickers, you can win like a Yeti cooler. And even if you don't get all 50, if you get like select groups and cities, then you can win smaller prizes, like the little like tumblers and stuff like that. Yeah. And so for me, I've been to about 12. I'm actually planning to go um, to one this weekend over in Fort Worth, but the barbecue fest is a great way to try out some of these places uh, that you may not be able to reach places that are maybe down in Brownsville or Amarillo. And so it's kind of all these, um, these great, great barbecue places packed into one area. It's really uh, magical to me at least that. And, and I guess we can move away from the restaurants now, but, uh, and focus more on the magic of food, because I think mm-hmm. that's really what, why I love going to these new places, trying new foods. It's, I mean, it's such a, um, it's, it's such an experience to try food that you've never had before, especially considering the history of it. Um, and I think it's such a shame. A lot of people will opt, you know, to go for a hamburger or, um, you know, some pasta, which is not to say those, those types of food can't be, don't have their own history and aren't special, but I think people tend to stick to what they're comfortable with in terms of food. Which is, I mean, it's sad because there's so there's so much out there to try, and so and it's so uh, so good and and so rich with culture. Definitely, and I think um, for somebody who wants to try new places, because for me, I, I used to be really really close-minded, and even though like my main thing is barbecue, I really didn't try you know too many other places. But then um, going around, even at maybe a different burger place or a different kind of restaurant. Yeah. Like I found one of my new favorite places, uh, Maple Leaf Diner. Well, that's at the that's pretty close over here too. It's the corner of Six Thirty Five and uh, Preston, I believe. Um, Canadian place that has the absolute best burgers. Um, they have poutine, like actual Canadian poutine, which is pretty sweet, and a bunch of other stuff there. And the the way I found it was because I went on Yelp and I said, okay, what's good near me? 
And usually, I mean, when you uh, look to the crowd for answers, you won't be disappointed because it's other people giving their honest reviews. And I think that that's a great way to kind of just jump into this without any experience of going to new places because that's how you um, you follow other people's advice and you usually won't be disappointed. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. And, I mean, take your friends. I remember um, taking uh, one of the, an exchange student that was staying with me. I took him to a Vietnamese restaurant called uh, uh, Mac. It's out in um, – it's way out in, like – uh, like North Plano, but it's the best spot in Dallas, in my opinion. And and I got the boomba there, which is a spicy noodle soup. Mm. And it was, it was it was spicy. And uh, and the lady who was working there, she was making fun of me a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, being a being a white man and all, and being all red and sweating and everything. And it was it was funny. Um, <laughs> and. My my exchange student he uh, had no problem with the spice, so it's just interesting to see those kind of cultures like mm-hmm. combine and um, yeah, it's it's really good. And the cool thing is that like well, I mean, I would say that m- most people who know me well know that I'm a big big foodie, especially when it comes to barbecue. I mean, um, I, one of my first stories for the roundup was a four thousand word <laughs> article about what I, what I thought were the best ten um, places in Texas, which. Um, I have long since um, kind of taken my word back on that because <laughs> I was so I, I really just wasn't expanded to um, all these you know great places around me whether they be barbecue or you know Asian food or um, you know anything else like that um, but um, but one of the things that um, I didn't know about you until uh, recently is that um, you and you know some of your friends go on um, what you guys call food adventures. We do, we do indeed. So, uh, what, so what are what are those for the people who don't know? Yeah, so it's something too special. We just go to restaurants that we've never been to before, or foods we haven't tried before, and we just eat. And it's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. We we get to try foods we've never had before. A lot of the times they're awesome, uh, and we get to just uh, you know be with each other enjoy some good food yeah so um one of the things that i've talked to you about and uh talked to some of the other people in the roundup about is that we're actually talking about bringing this um food adventures to jesuit with a um a vlog series i guess i guess it'd be a vlog if you will yeah um and For so lack of a better word yeah yeah and so um we're actually planning on going to our first place uh this weekend sunday at noon we're going to be going to Jen Korean barbecue and we're gonna be filming our first episode and you can look to see that come out sometime next week maybe yeah probably I mean I could I could probably uh, edit over the weekend and all that and because we gotta the main thing is we just gotta bring this to the people right we gotta bring it to the people and we will bring this and with that we'll bring this segment to a close I'm Will Fines Jacob Toda thank you Basically, Jacob considers himself kind of a a barbecue um, connoisseur, if you will. And um, I'm just a lover of food. Uh, uh, there's the only thing I won't eat are olives, 
Um, olives are pretty gross. Both types of olives? Yeah. You it's, won't eat black olives. I won't eat it black olives. Um, especially black olives that are sliced. That, to me, is a pretty big warning sign um, that that's a gross dish. That They ruin the whole dish. And it's not the dish's fault. It's the olive's fault. Because um, it really just permeates the entire dish and ruins it. It's pretty nasty. I remember one time Sid's mom got me something from Subway, and it was like a turkey, mayo, lettuce, and black olive sandwich. And I was like... I can't eat this. See, I can tolerate black olives. I just, I can't deal with green olives. I've never liked green olives. It's funny. I used to like olives. I used to be fine with them, but I don't know. What's the opposite of an acquired taste? Uh, it's uh, like a... Dequired taste. Dequired taste. Definitely dequired that one. so unquired. Un, 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 unquired well, well, taste? Well, I don't so, know. ak, the, the, the prefix ak. Sure. 